you've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! All right, Matt, we are back with another polka. Uh, and let me tell you, when we started this show, I never in a million years imagined how many people would want to specifically discuss polkas on this podcast. <laughs> but it, it has become the thing that people fight for the most. Uh, we've got a return guest this week, Mark Turn Champion. Champion, here to talk about Polka Your Eyes Out, the first L polka of the 90s. Although this polka... It's pretty 80s-centric for a large chunk mm -hmm. of it still. Well, it's definitely right at that spot, right? Where yeah. it's like early 90s is, might as well be the 80s, especially in the context of this polka. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a few quick things about it. Uh, this was one of the last, if not the last song, to be recorded for the album Off the Deep End. And Al had already performed this melody live before the album was released on Comedy Central Presents the Dr. Demento 20-Year Anniversary Special. Uh, he showed up and performed this live on television, uh, pretty much as it appears on the album. I don't believe that there was any additional songs or anything nope, it, that made it in there. It's exactly the same. I have great news, listeners. This exists on YouTube. You can look it up, and there is the full like studio quality, but live on a stage version of them doing this entire polka, and it is glorious <laughs> it's, it's so good so good it's so like he's got a full I, we talked about this uh at one point because i i caught it a few episodes ago but he has a full <laughs> horn section behind him doing all the brass parts uh his band or like it is just excellent to see the amount of like you really can appreciate i think so much more uh when you watch them do this live just how insanely complicated and challenging it is to do something like this not only to to both to write it and to perform it um, is just so incredibly manic and the amount of talent and, and focus and attention of everyone. Cause these the transitions are so quick. Everything happens so fast. It's insane. And Mark, why did you pick this specific polka as the one that you really wanted to talk about? Well, this is my, my first polka. It's also the first weird Al song I ever heard. I In fact, Wow. I was going to say, you marked this down as like, this was your number one. This was my like, number one. In fact, most of the songs that he parodies in the song, in Polka, Your Eyes Out, 
it was my first introduction to those songs as well because my parents would like make us listen to adult contemporary albums and stuff like that. So I didn't get I didn't get to hear the cool music. So I was like, "Ooh, these songs are awesome!" And I was, uh, to be perfectly honest, I was kind of disappointed when I would actually hear the real song. I was like, yeah, Weird Al's is better. So that's why. And to this day, I still have it memorized. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a yeah. really good one. Um, this is definitely one of the ones I've listened to the most of all the alpocas. Uh, and I agree with you. This is one of those ones where I'll just find myself singing random parts of it when I hear the song on the radio oh, in yeah. the owl voice, the nasally owl voice. Uh, kind of unique to an alpoca. This one starts with the actual opening mm -hmm. of Cradle of Love by Billy Idol. It's a trick that he's done a couple other times, but I believe this is the first time we hear it. Am I? I, I, I think you were right about that. I think this is yeah. the first time a polka opens with something that is not obviously polka music. Hey! Rock the cradle of love. Rock the cradle of love. Yes, the cradle of love. Don't rock easy, it's true. song start and yeah it is like it sounds like just as if they hit play on billy idol's uh great mm -hmm. love and then uh, that ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba, right yeah, into exactly. the polka uh fantastic uh i wrote down as the cradle of love segment is happening <laughs> jim west is just ripping up that banjo in the background <laughs> as, yep. as the song intensifies as he always does man i yeah. mean i i hope that jim west has as much fun playing the banjo as we have <laughs> talking Hearing about it, it. oh my god because every single time he's there it's like he is just could not be playing any faster that thing he is just beating the absolute hell out of it absolutely and this is probably the last time we'll talk about billy otto because i believe this was his last big hit as well correct cradle of love was kind of the the tail end of I think Billy Idol. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I'm actually just double checking. Yeah, this, this is it. Because then he put out Cyberpunk like a couple years later, and that pretty much killed his entire career <laughs> at that point. Yeah, no. The, uh, so uh, Al has done, um, he did his uh, parody of uh, Moni Moni. Definitely a um, Billy Idol fan. But uh, yeah. but this is this is it. It's the love affair is over. Um, uh, but, but goes out with a great little start here with the... Um, the, yeah, again, I love starting with that. I don't know why that feels so like impressive and different to me. It's like some new terrain he's hitting on a polka um, with that intro that goes into it so, so quickly. It's immediately followed by the DNA version of Tom's Diner featuring Suzanne Vega with just a quick do 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 with a nice little bass drum kicking in. And then, yeah, the gang vocals on the the deeper gang vocals the second time that the dude dude hits perfection. For people who don't know, just because I feel like this might be slightly lost to time. If you are not familiar with the song Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega, it's, it's incredible. And it's one of those songs really that is song. like, how in the world did this become a hit song? There's a remix of it that also yep. did really well, but Tom Steiner is basically an acapella track where she is just singing this. Like it, it's so incredibly sparse and minimal. It's beautiful. And again, that melody that do 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 is so ingrained in 
people now. I feel like that's one of those things. Mm -hmm. Like she wrote that. That's yeah. from that song. It feels like she like it. It just it's one of those melodies that feels like it's always existed. But that's hers. it's true. Like, it's Since from, the dawn it's of from time. that song. It's incredible. <laughs> like it's one of those things that's like it's hard to imagine. I always think about something like even the guitar lick to satisfaction. Like there's moments in music where you're just like, it's mm -hmm. hard to imagine someone had to write that because it just feels like it's part of DNA that it's existed since forever. And it's like, oh no, someone actually had to pick up an instrument and come up with that at one point in time. It's, it's, well, it's, it's crazy. It's interesting to think about because the original version of this came out in 1987. And I was wondering about this because I'm like, why is it listed <laughs> as DNA featuring? Yeah. But it's because the original Suzanne Vega one came out in 1987. Mm -hmm. It did not chart in the United States right. when it came out. The DNA remix came out in 1990, which is the perfect time period that we're speaking about mm -hmm. when Al's doing this. And that peaked at five on the Billboard Hot 100. The, the so remix it, was the thing that wound up being huge. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those crazy, like they heard potential in it that I think the average listener just could not hear because again, the original Suzanne Vega track could not be a more sparse folk song if yeah. you tried. And then they just kind of put like a little bit of like a synthy extra yeah. some extra stuff into it it's not like over the top it's no, not the like the core of the song is the same just just add a little synth add yeah exactly synth. it'll be good exactly yeah yeah, yeah. The, it reminds but... me of uh i don't know if, how many of you would know the uh there's the a song called a song called brimful of asha by yep. a group called corner shop love them that ha it's a very like super cute like diy like pop song and it got remixed by Fatboy slim and became an enormous hit yeah. Um, and he didn't even change that much. He just put a, a slightly more like up-tempo beat on it, sped it up a little bit and gave these guys like this huge hit song. Mm -hmm. I, I love it's, it. There's no better use of like a DJ remix than hearing potential in something that got missed the yeah. first time and then reintroducing it to people in a way that's more palatable. And in a way, funny enough, that's a part of what Al is doing with these polkas as well of just like, like, Hey, if you missed this the first time, let's do it one more time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that that doo 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 goes right into Love Shack. It's great. The Love Shack is a little old place where we can get together. Love Shack, baby. Love Shack, baby. Love Shack. Hey. Breakneck speed. He is flying through these these songs. Hey, very quick. I was also going to say, funny enough, the previous polka we talked about was the Hot Rocks polka, where he does all Stones tracks, and we made a point to say that in the Hot Rocks polka, he was really taking his time. And yeah, he like lingers a, a full on those songs. verse and chorus yeah. of all these Rolling Stones songs. And at the top of this one, right away, it's like, ooh, he is moving very, very fast. I did a quick count, and he does, in the Hot Rocks polka, he does 12 songs. There's 12 uh, songs that, uh, Stone songs that he references over the span of four minutes and 50 seconds. In this polka, he does 15 songs in the span of three minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> wow. So he is really ripping through these. It's actually less than I thought. I would have thought it like covered 30. That's I know, right? Yeah. Nasty goes through. 15 songs covered here. Cycling mm -hmm. through these at rapid speed. And then he gets to something that he hasn't done in a very long time. But very briefly, he does the clarinet polka, which is an authentic traditional mm -hmm. polka song that he just kind of pops in there to connect Love shacking to pump up the jam a little bit. The clarinet polka written by someone named A. A. Humpfat. Humpfat. <laughs> Guys, I promise it's not a joke. This band's name is Humpfat. H-U-M-P-F-A-T. A. Humpfat. 
I checked it out. If you look up the original the clarinet polka, you you're gonna immediately recognize the line that Al uses here. I I genuinely love the fact that Al likes to throw in these little homages to traditional accordion music, which is clearly what he grew up playing on the accordion. Like I love that he squeezes that stuff in. It's it's so uh it makes it feel all the more like a labor of love to me and like an appreciation of just all. One of the things I love in these polkas is you never get a sense of snark. He's never mm -hmm. doing any of this in a way that's like, it's just joy. Like all of this is just wonderful to him. And he's celebrating all of these songs and throwing in traditional polkas to connect Love Shack to pump up the jam. <laughs> it's just yeah. like the best possible way to put it all in one place and be like, isn't this all just so wonderful? You know? Well, and, and then the smoothness in which he gets from pump up the jam into losing my religion is like incredible. Pump it up, that's me in the corner. that like pump up the jam pump up the gym now pump it up that's me in the corner <laughs> like and yeah. the instrumentation with the horns behind him on losing my religion is phenomenal and then the, the again the gang vocals come back for the oh no i've said too much <laughs> like yes. it is so good and that like i would say if there was one word i could use to describe this polka over all of the other polkas that we've discussed is the word smooth the transitions mm -hmm. from one song into the next just feel as we've said before as we yep. were saying earlier mark i can't like not sing along with this it flows no. so seamlessly Perfectly. into like having yeah. said enough the things you say there's even a lyrical connection there that yeah. i haven't said enough the things you say like, yeah, it, like he's actually like yeah, the amount of, of thought and care and pure talent that it takes to make something like this. I, I, I feel like I say the same thing on every polka, but I need to keep saying it because he gets better at these every single time. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. <laughs> Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. -okay. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Ninety One Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. 
What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're unbelievable. The skill that it takes to do this, like, this is, it's so, so, so wild to me. Uh, Also, before we move on, because it is a very quick one again, although funny enough, we need to acknowledge, once again, Al is a massive, massive REM fan. REM fan. REM is one of the third REM appearance. It's one of the most represented bands in his entire uh, catalog. catalog. Uh, he, He loves to bring up R.E.M. And funny enough, it's the first song of this entire bunch that he sits on for an, a nice little while there. He does a verse mm-hmm. and a chorus of this song. Does He takes his time with it because he's really enjoying doing it. A random little side note about uh, Losing My Religion that someone pointed out to me very recently, I just wanted to address here. If you ever, like, this is one of those amazing songwriting things. Look at the lyrics to Losing My Religion on a page, and you can even hear it in Al's delivery. There is not a single rhyme in that song. Yeah. Mm. Losing My Religion is written like just a poem on a page. And R.E.M. make it seem like this completely normal, reasonable pop song just because of the way they deliver it. Um, Mm -hmm. That is another one of those against all odds hits for me. It blows my mind. Um, I would just recommend. again. I'm like like, singing this song in my head and I'm like, you're absolutely right. There's not a rhyme to be found in that song. No, there's 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 no uh, it's just it's just a poem. No rhyme structure at all. It's crazy. Um, and because we've established that Weird Al is a huge fan, I feel very comfortable telling you all, just listen to Losing My Religion again and think about that and think about how great they are. Great yeah. band. Great oh, band. Actually, yeah. you know what? Just listen to all of Out of Time. It's a great album. Well, and you know, the just thing turn about... off this podcast and just start listening to <laughs> R.E.M. songs completely. Well, and the lyrics of that song are absolutely gorgeous, but they get you with the uh, little guitar, the beep, 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 yes, whatever, uh, mandolin, whatever he's playing. That's right, yeah, that little like lead line, yeah. No, it's I yep. mean it's a it's a incredibly incredibly well written song, but again, I just love again I, I'm projecting, I'm guessing whatever it is, but anytime I see Al hit a song in a polka that he just like lingers on for a little bit longer than the rest, I was like. Yeah, he really likes this one. <laughs> he just really uh, wanted to like so, spend some so time. So what you're with saying, what you're saying is he might not like EMF that much. Where maybe he, yeah. I mean he he got to the point with EMF fairly quickly. Yeah, we all get. We didn't need to get into the verses of unbelievable. No, <laughs> they were not the lyrical maestros that REM were. That's, that's for sure. So I want to talk about this in a very weird way. To so he, you know, unbelievable has this very iconic. Oh, that's a sample of Andrew Dice Clay that plays mm-hmm. at the end of the at the end of the unbelievable part. Yeah. So you have the you're unbelievable. Oh, and then the music starts playing unbelievable. It's but in the song he changes it mid riff into the do me baby riff because it goes smoothness in this incredibly smooth he also does it using again to hit some uh music dorky language 
he plays the unbelievable riff and then does a chromatic walk up to the start of do me which is usually it's like a little bit out of key it means he's hitting notes that are not in the key of the song because he is bridging a really weirdly sized gap there from the key of one <laughs> song to the key of the next um again i have to just acknowledge all of these insane moves that he makes like that in a like that's two seconds of music max where he is able mm -hmm. to get the unbelievable riff in and then do this crazy unusual chromatic walk to get to the start of do me um insane again so smooth against all odds so and, smooth and i mean it's just ramping up at this point because that goes right into the do me baby which i believe i this is definitely one where i knew al singing do me baby wave before <laughs> i knew the bell bib devoe i think original. Do, do, do we agree this has to be the most forgotten song in this parody i'm gonna polka, disagree i'm gonna disagree Ooh, because i forgotten I still don't mm. think I've actually heard Miss You Much by Janet Jackson in my really? life. Oh, so that's interesting to me because yeah. I, I definitely know Miss You Much. I've that oh, yeah. that's, I, that's on Rhythm Nation, like. right? That's on Rhythm Nation, yeah. yeah. Chris Fios yeah. is screaming right now on his computer <laughs> that I that I don't remember this Janet Jackson song, but I I genuinely I don't think I've ever listened to Miss You Much. I should listen to Miss You Much. I It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Janet Jackson's great. But yeah, they do the the yodeling the yodeling connects us right into Enter Sandman. The Probably the most impossible of the jumps, right? Yeah. Is bridged by this perfect throw of a yodel to get into that Enter Sandman. And the instrumentation in this is crazy as well with like they're playing the oh, little man. like coconuts or whatever it is. Like it's this is full Spike Jones madness at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, the uh, the horns on uh, Enter Sandman are just incredible. Yeah, those like the big trumpet parts that you hear in that like are just yeah. It's I mean, it's just so 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 good. Yeah, better that's than definitely. It, it, Al's version is better. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> All right, that's and that's definitely one of the songs where I heard Al's polka version first before I heard the actual Me Metallica song because I was too young. Me too. Yeah, I definitely knew. Yeah. I, this was one of the few that I did know for Metallica at this time because my cousin, who gave me his Weird Al records that he didn't want anymore, was also a massive Metallica fan. So I grew up mm -hmm. listening whenever I was around him. He was listening to Metallica, um, but you get that often and ever Neverland, and I guess. I guess it's like a cowbell or whatever he's hitting. There's something that's doing that dun, 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 underneath yeah. him. And then you get this horn part that leads perfectly into this bass groove to take us into the Humpty Dance. The Humpty Dance is your chance to do the hump. Do me, baby. Do the Humpty Hump. Do the Humpty Hump. Do me, baby. Do the Humpty Hump. Come on and do the Humpty Hump. Which I think <laughs> we're going to jump into the future. I think he uses that same trick to get into Last Night by The Strokes in a later song. So, so one polka. of his go-to polka moves and one of my favorite go-to polka moves is the jazz breakdown. Yep. He does not do it every time. But when he does, it is such a treat. And yes, he will usually do like a walk up while slowing down. So like, da, 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 da. and then the drum beat changes and then you get the walking bass line. 
the humpty dance is your chance to do the hump which again like the the Humpty Dance Do Me Baby tying into Do Me Baby from Belle Biv DeVoe. Like, <laughs> yeah, he he's actually connecting dots now in the middle of another. Like, we've talked before about the little, like, connections of um, uh, he did it on Hot Rocks Polka where he put um, the oh, Miss You ooze into Sympathy for the Devil. Like, putting those side by side was super smart because those actually really, you could hear the similarity between them. Um, and he does it again here. Yeah, that you get a little bit of extra <laughs> Do Me in the uh the do the humpty hump um do me baby <laughs> do, do the humpty hump uh, so good and i think i don't know if it's my favorite version we always say there's at least one song that sounds better as a polka than the original song you're going with enter sandman on this uh cherry pie is a good contender on there as well she's my cherry pie put a smile on your face cherry pie pop like the little like the accents of the horns throughout cherry pie is fantastic yes. and then leads to that crazy drum solo <laughs> just in the middle of the song completely breaking all of the polka and jazziness and <laughs> similarly to starting with cradle of love we are like reminded that you know we are in the heart of like 80s hair metal right now so here's here's a, a very indulgent drum solo. That's also not an impressive drum solo. Not not particularly <laughs> impressive. He I was impressed. <laughs> he goes back to a trick that we talked about being a one-off, but it does pop up here again, the fake live crowd. Yep. Where you hear the audience in the background applauding the drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> um, which uh, uh, he does on the uh, other Billy Idol uh, parody we did. No, I always love, I love a fake live song. Yeah. The drum solo gets <laughs> us right into the snare rolls, and then we go right into Miss You Much, and it's back into a nice polka again. I miss you much. Oh, I miss you much. I really miss you much. I miss you much. Oh, I miss you much. I really miss you much. Backup so, you, so you don't know Miss You Much. That's so I really crazy. don't think I do. I'm sure if I listen to it, I'd be like, oh, I know this song. You've heard it. You There's, yeah. uh, how, there's be... no possible way to have escaped hearing that song for the last <laughs> 35 I, that's, years. That's how I feel, too. Like, I'm Unless it's just that any time I hear it, my brain just goes right into Al singing it, and I like somehow white noise that it's, that it's Jenna Jackson. I'm like, oh. I first heard that song on Good Morning America with Joan <laughs> London. My mom was watching it <laughs> in the kitchen. It, I was like, was, oh, okay, was, what up, Janet? Yeah. yeah, it was a big track. I mean, it and it's huge. funny because it's not even that different because hers is that same, like, it's a herky jerky dance thing. M. Oh, I, I, I miss you miss much. much. Like, it's like he's really hitting the same. He's not changing it that mm -hmm. much. No, he isn't. Uh, but this leads right into what I think is the song that sounds the best as a polka with Touch Myself. Hey! I don't want anybody else. When I think about you, I touch myself. Oh, I don't want anybody else. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. It is a strong the, the, oh, yeah. the, the whole structure of this the i don't want anybody else when i think about you i touch oh, myself wow, wow. Whoa. like which again it's from the second he hits do me honestly <laughs> with the exception of 
enter Sandman, it's all very sexual songs to a certain point. <laughs> Because it's do me, Humpty Dance, Cherry Pie, Miss You Much, I Touch Myself, and Dr. Feel Good. Like, all in a cluster. This was about the time that my b-hole would clench up in the car listening to this tape with my parents in there. Going, oh, is this when they're going to tell me I can't listen to this song anymore? Is this going to be it? It never happened because my mom loved the song as much as I did. But I was always like, oh, this is dicey. And then it's, it's so funny because it's we've said this before, but it's almost like it feels very childlike to me of Al because as we know, Al's mm-hmm. generally very very clean in what yeah. he does, and I I always feel like he loves the polka is just an excuse for him to sing something he wouldn't otherwise sing. I think <laughs> the that number of times element... he inserts something that's just like I I just cannot accept. I'm sure. That some part of him is like, I really like, I, I, when else am I going to get the excuse to well, sing, I, I touch myself? So I think that part of it, part of the humor is that there's a line in Scrubs where the great Sam Lloyd, R.I.P., playing mm. Ted, the, uh, Ted the lawyer, has a line where he <laughs> says, people don't like to think of me as a sexual being. <laughs> and, and, I think, and I think that there's an element of that with Al. Like, he knows that there is no one who is like deeply fantasizing about Al touching himself. So like the giddiness of like, really, not only is he singing this song, similarly to losing my religion, he's giving it a pretty good chunk of the song. Yeah. Also, (laughs) also, Polka, and I love it. It's but so it is, It's the least sexual of all the the musical yeah, forms. It's, I it's, it's a toss contender. up between that and circus organ music. Like, it's true, or a like, triangle player. I mean, yeah. like, it'd be 50-50 right there. And so the fact that he takes all these sexual songs and makes them part of his polka and sings oh, yeah, them yeah. with gusto. Oh, he loves <laughs> gusto here. No, yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, the comedic tilt is right there and of course that's a huge part of it it is really funny and so satisfying to hear him do that stuff but yeah i just i'm a part of me i guess likes to believe that it's also him being like oh i can this is a again when am i going to get the chance to sing these lyrics in one of my songs again it's never going to happen this is my shot to uh to really to to do i touch myself or to do uh relax frankie goes to hollywood like any of these songs (laughs) they're just like he'll never do that in any other context so right yeah. Uh, and then again, just to compliment the smoothness of this, the oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 he's the one they call Dr. Yeah. Feel Like, no, 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 he's the one they call Dr. Feel Good. He's the one that makes you feel all right. He's the one they call Dr. Feel Good. He's gonna be your Frankenstein. Let's kick it. You get that deep bassy be your Frankenstein. Let's uh, kick that, it right in. That turnaround is the best. It's un. The unbelievable yeah. the ways that he is just jumping from song to song in a way that just like there's never a moment in this polka where that feels like it's an unearned transition. The, like- uh, no, no, no. That uh, of all the transitions in this one, I think that has to be my favorite. The he's gonna be your friggin' star. Let's kick it. If you got a problem, no. I'll solve it. Check out the beat while the DJ revolves it. Ice, ice, baby. And 
uh, goes right into Ice Ice Baby with, again, watch that live version and give props to Steve J. That is maybe literally as fast as that bass line is playable by a human. Yeah. The speed that they are doing the Ice Ice Baby. Like, that is If you got a problem, way you'll too fast. Check out the people that DJ resolves it. <laughs> way too and, fast. And that's and another one. It. And that's another one where he really takes it out of the polka entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Like, there's, like, no polka music playing until he gets to the chorus. Like, when yeah, he does no. the, if you got a problem, you'll all solve it. Check out the beat while the DJ revolves it. That's just mm-hmm. Al doing a straight cover, just a faster cover of Ice Ice Baby. A, a very, very fast <laughs> version of Ice Ice Baby. This also has my favorite moment in this song, and maybe my favorite favorite Al moment all when he shouts out, We're to your mother! <laughs> I know. I was that just to me say was perfection. Too. It's so good. It's like a great, like, I don't know. It's it, it's so appropriate in its inappropriateness. And I also feel like it's making a little bit, again, funny. I was talking about how like joyful it is, all of this stuff. I think it's poking a little bit of fun at Vanilla Ice, which this, well, this song came was a out. huge hit, but also instantly a joke. Yeah, um, instantly you know. a joke. Well, and it, this album came out not long after Ice Ice Baby To the extreme, out. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, um, when he did this, it must have been at maximum uh popularity you know like when they were making this oh it must have i remember it i remember that it absolutely was yeah and me bought both albums at the same time yeah (laughs) music (laughs) and he always knows we talk about this time and time again he always knows the song that's going to lead to the perfect closing and it's like Mm -hmm. i'll be your eyes (laughs) eyes baby eyes eyes baby eyes eyes baby (laughs) yeah (laughs) like ah it's so it's so good it's so impressive um look i'm just gonna say this is my number one poker right now this is this is jumping to the top of the list uh this is an easy win it is and and one where i'm like man he does have like three or four heavy hitters that are coming up in future albums but i don't know i have to challenge myself now that like when we get to Bohemian Polka or when we get to Alternative Polka, which are also these polkas that I think are great, that I'm like, all right, you've got to listen to polka. You, I feel like I have to listen to whatever my number one polka is immediately after to see where I fall on those because they're all just. You said it before, man. He keeps getting better every time. At this point, it is just impressive, and I want to do a shout out very quickly uh, to a group that people in the comedy scene, I think know hard and firm Uh, Mike Furman and Chris Hardwick's uh, country band. Uh, There is a brilliant song that you can find on YouTube that they did, which was uh, I've heard Chris Hardwick say was genuinely an homage to weird Al's polkas called rodeo head, where he (laughs) did what Al does with the polkas with all radio head songs in a bluegrass style. And it is no idea. It is insane to listen to similarly the the master like art like that masterful way of just jumping from song to song in a seamless way using bits and pieces of other songs to be your connective tissue into one thing or the other um i've tried this once before just playing like an acoustic guitar and it is fucking hard (laughs) like this takes a lot of work to make it flow and work I know I said this in a very old previous polka, but this is like I have had this conversation with like fellow musicians and songwriters talking about Al 
and it is a recurring theme where any I mean everyone knows Al and knows what he does at this point and the polkas people always bring up as like if you put a gun to my head I couldn't even begin to wrap my head around doing this because yeah. it is just so like the amount of complexity and the amount of attention to detail that goes into the whole thing like even just putting just assembling the songs in the first place and deciding what you're going to like it's just it's it's so not the normal path of I don't know. I think it's just, you know, Al is just Al's genius brained. That's all there is to it. That's, that's the only thing we can say. Now, that's Matt, all. where would you put this? Are you also putting this at your number one? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to number one. Uh, it's funny because I'm, I'm looking at my list and I'm for, like, I put Hot Rocks Polka at number two the last time. And even then, a small part of me wanted to put that at number one. But Polka Party just has like more of a. Uh, sweet spot for me I don't know but I really I'm I still strongly believe at this point in time we are at the phase where you could make the case that Alice Polkas should be ranked in the order they came out because they just keep getting better with every single one you can mm -hmm. really hear him getting better and better and better at the feat of doing this yeah now our rankings were kind of boring we just we we praised this song all over Sorry the place and boring, then we tossed it we just tossed it at number one Mark, you get the mo the way more exciting job of looking at the chaos that is the guest rankings up until this point, and you get to oh, put yes. you get to put poke your eyes out anywhere on those rankings. Oh, anywhere like with all of the songs for me, poke your eyes out is number one. All right, you're I popping that. It. You're putting it over. Smells like Nirvana. Now you get to do one yes. other thing. Don't stop yeah. looking at that list. Okay, I'm looking. You you can take any song that's on that list and move it anywhere on the list you want. If you think a song is way too high or Ooh. way too low, you can maneuver it. One song. Interesting. All right, give me two seconds here. Um, off the top of my head, I'd move Lost on Jeopardy down. I've never really liked that song. Money for Nothing, Ooh. Beverly Hillbillies, I'd move way up. I love Money for Nothing. Um I think smells not like Nirvana and Eat It are perfectly situated. Okay. I would go. I would go. Poker your eyes out. Smells like Nirvana. Eat it for sure. Yoda's in a good place too. Trigger Happy. I might move down a little bit. I like Trigger Happy, but it's not my favorite. These are pretty good though. Like a surgeon is great. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely move Money for Nothing up. Maybe like right below, right below Eat It. I think that's right below. Wow. All right. Yeah. I love All right. that one. Money for nothing. Beverly Hillbillies uh, asterisk is number mm -hmm. four suddenly on our guest rankings. Uh, now, Matt, I believe that there's a place where people can see the full guest rankings. But for those who are curious right now, our top five are number five, You Make Me. Number four, Money for Nothing slash Beverly Hillbillies asterisk. Number three, Eat It. <laughs> number two, Smells like Nirvana and number one, poke your eyes out while the bottom area is from best to worst. Let me be your hog. Girls just want to have lunch. Don't wear those shoes. It's still Billy Joel to me and living with a hernia at the very bottom. Uh, but Matt, <laughs> if people want to see where all of the guest rankings have landed, is there a good spot for them to check that out? There's the, an amazing spot where they can check them out. And it's at weirdalgorithmpodcast.com where we have all of our rankings updated every Friday along with the new episode drops. Um, and you can keep up with us and you can send us emails just screaming at us <laughs> for our bad takes on all of these songs. <laughs> 
I love that you, I, I, you know, I'm always intrigued, Mark, and I love that you were like, for a minute there, you were debating whether or not you wanted to move something you liked up or something you didn't like as much down. And I'm always fascinated by the, there are some people who just come in here and they're like, take that one, move it to the bottom. <laughs> and then, or like, take that one, move it to the top. And yeah. it's always interesting to me, like what someone wants to like push theirs up or down. I, I love that. I, I like that you moved, uh, um, money for nothing up. That's an interesting, it's also interesting. The ones that move that one. a lot, that one moves a lot. Like yeah, the number of times have been like, Oh, that's too low. And then someone else comes on. They're like, why is it that high? <laughs> like that is a, <laughs> yeah, I just a, a feeling, really, yeah. I have a feeling point. someone's going to come and reverse almost both of Mark's placements. I think How someone's going to be dare they? Someone's going to be I like, know. this poke is the number one house. get out of here. <laughs> like, it's great. Uh, it's I have a mission. I have a I have a call to action though for our listeners. Uh, now, those of you who don't know, you weird algorithm heads are some of the best listeners in the world. A lot of you guys treat our show like a first thing in the morning on Friday. Listen, and because of that, I have a call to action for you. If you woke up this morning, December eighth, and you listened to Poke Your Eyes Out, the first thing you woke up, here's what I want you to do: log on to YouTube. Look up Geekscape TV and just enjoy the 24-hour charity live stream that's happening right now to raise money for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Northern and Central New Jersey. Matt and I will be there in some capacity. There'll probably be a weird algorithm somewhere in some capacity. Mark, you'll you'll probably show up in something on there, I'm sure. And definitely your married now wife, because I believe you were still engaged when you were last on the show. Hey. I probably was. Well, almost definitely show up somewhere in there as well. It is a celebration of, 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 of love, kindness, Geekscape, and generosity, which is what I yes. hope that you take away from uh, the Weird Algorithm podcast as well, a show of love, kindness, and generosity. Uh, Mark, so thank Unless you so much. Unless we're talking about the Brady Bunch. Unless it's the Brady Bunch, <laughs> dear Lord. Uh, <laughs> Mark... You know, it's it's a nice wintry December. Is there anything happening in the life of Mark Hampton that you can talk about? <laughs> yes, I can talk about it. And it's interesting because I'm hoping that once this project I'm about to tell you about is complete, that I'll be able to go on to all the Geekscape podcasts and promote it because I am starting my novel on Monday. Ooh, this coming wow. Monday. The TV show I work for is going on hiatus, so I'm going to have about two and a half to three months to just sit down and work. It's my novel, so it's not covered under the AMPTP or the WGA. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to self-publish it. I already have a plan in motion and everything like that. So it's just uh, so I'll be doing that, and it's a uh, it's a fantasy western. So it is it is a little steampunk action, very much a fantasy world, but it does play take place in the American West of the 1800s, but there's magic and things like that. So I'm very excited to uh, finally put pen to paper on this sucker. And, oh, that's uh, very going exciting. on it. I yeah. got some exciting news. I got a couple ins with some of the Geekscape shows, so we'll definitely make sure that you get on a couple of them. I was I was going to go use my wife, but if I can uh, use your phone, that's great too. We got you. We got you. We got you Appreciate covered, buddy. It. And, uh, you. you know, I never want this episode to end, but I'm only kidding. <laughs> Next week... <laughs> Tune in for more Weird Algorithm. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. 
They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 